Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, a mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ ally, and this week dog trainer. I can't wait to hear about that. I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot 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 podcaster, writer, and this week full freaking time swim mom. It's been a lot. <laughs> Our guest today is Goli Kalkaran. Goli is a mom and dot 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 lawyer turned entrepreneur and podcaster which is a fancy way of saying she quit law, tried a bunch of things, and happened upon an idea that turned into a business. Goli hosts Lessons from a Quitter. It's a podcast where she uses her platform to destigmatize quitting and provide resources and inspiration to individuals looking to pivot their established careers. She challenges people to exceed their own expectations and guides them through the initial steps of starting over in order to build a more intentional, fulfilling life. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have excited. you. Excited. I actually discovered, I say I discovered you. <laughs> I've, you just, you've been out there way longer than we have, but I found hundreds you of thousands on TikTok of other people. doing oh, really? my teenager TikTok y thing. Oh, I got listen. on it like a year ago to see what my kids were up to. And mm-hmm. um, I'm hooked. I watch yeah. it all the time. Oh, yeah. It's the so most watching app. It totally is. I watched one of your videos and I sent it to Suzanne and I was like, we have got to know her. (laughs) That's so sweet of you. Yeah. I got on TikTok as on like a whim and I was like, I guess I got to try this new TikTok thing. And then now I'm TikTok famous. Not really. I mean, there's people that have tons, but I I like grew a following kind of quickly. And it's funny you say that because I have a 14 year old niece. And so in the beginning she would just be texting me. She's like, you have 10,000 followers. You have 20,000 followers. Like I'm up to like, I think like 169,000 now. It's amazing. And so I'm always like, I use that as a big flex with the teenagers in my family. Yes. Like, guys, listen, yes. If you guys oh need some gosh. tips on TikTok, I can give it to you. <laughs> we were just saying, we need to have like a little recap with you because I have one video. Yeah. It's of my dog and my daughter did it. And so mm-hmm. I know okay, I got to get to up your TikTok game a little bit. But we can talk about yes. that later. There's so much. Yeah, I think potential. we may have to hire you to do a TikTok <laughs> session for us and teach us Consultation. what's up. <laughs> but first things first, we got to learn about the quitting before we mm-hmm. learn about the TikToking. So mm-hmm. now Missy and I are two super people pleasing, very conflict avoidant mm-hmm. people. So we really just like I think maybe a few times literally caught ourselves shouting yes to every part of your quitting story Um, and just knowing what a challenge that was for you and what a challenge that is for anyone to be brave enough, especially you say it at the beginning of each episode, but no matter how hard you've worked to to get to the place that you are, you know, a law degree, you work pretty darn hard to get Uh, there. So uh, for people who don't know you and are not one of your 150,000 TikTok (laughs) followers, can we start with a little Goalie 101 and talk about how you found the courage to take that step to to quit? Yeah, absolutely. So I was basically like your quintessential risk averse type A personality. I was good at school, put my head down. I studied really hard and I did what everyone told me to do. And it worked out well for me for the first kind of half of my life. I was praised, which turns out to be a real drug for a people pleaser like me as well. And I was like, hey, I'm checking off the boxes. I am succeeding. And it really wasn't until I started working as a lawyer, which, you know, was 27 years later after like all of the schooling, all of this law school debt, all of the sleepless nights and all of that. And I got to it where, you know, the promised land where you're supposed to be happy and you're a success now. And I was like, oh, I've made a mistake. This, Whoa. this cannot be it. Um, and I didn't really, I don't think I consciously thought that I just kept thinking, I hate this. I don't like this at all. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. And like a lot of people that I work with now, I think a lot of times, especially when you just put in so much time and effort and money into it, I mean, it didn't even cross my radar that I could not do it. It was just like, okay, I got to find a way to be happy in this. Maybe it's not this job. Maybe it's another type of job. Maybe it's another type of law. Maybe it's a, you know, different role. What can I use my law degree for? And so 
I kind of went on that journey for about seven years as a lawyer. And, you know, this being the mom dot, dot, dot podcast, it wasn't until I became a mom, I had my son where I really was like, oh, I got to rethink this. I really Mm -hmm. have to take a step back. And even that, it took me, when you say like have the courage, it took me a year to really admit to myself that I was going to quit. Like, yeah, it wasn't something where I was like one day, like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, you know, burn the boats. And it wasn't like that at all. It it was a lot of conversations with my husband. He was the one that really planted the seed and was telling me, if you're this miserable, stop doing it, do something else. And I remember being so incredulous, like rolling my eyes and be like, what are you talking about? Do something else. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. What else would I do? I have no other skills. I have, I've literally never done anything else in my life. I had only ever focused on being a lawyer and I wasn't one of those people that had all these passions. I like, there's a lot of people that have suppressed parts of their personality where they're like, I really wanted to be an artist, but I can't make money. So I went and I started doing this. I was really in this place where I was like, I have no other skills or interests. I had one trick pony over here. Hallelujah. That is is one of the things that Missy and I struggle with. We interview week after week, all these coaches and we're like, I don't even know what I like. Where do you even start to figure out what, what, so what did that look like for you to be like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, well, it looks like do? a lot of years of really re- <laughs> figuring out who I was. And I think now what I really work with people on is because what I didn't realize at the time is that so many of us sort of lose touch with who we actually are. Right. And I, and I mean, this is huge for moms specifically, right? Because you do so much of what you should be doing, what you need to be doing, what everyone else relies yep. on you, that you, you just at some point lose contact with what you want and you don't even know anymore. Right. And so I had really found myself in this place. I thought, I mean, I used to be one of those people that said the phrase repeatedly, I don't have a creative bone in my body or, uh and I really believed those things. And this didn't happen. I mean, this happened over years. I started a business because I had no idea what else I should do. And it it was just through years of self-discovery and personal development and really getting back in touch with like, who am I when I'm not trying to make everybody else happy? What Mm -hmm. actually lights me up? What am I just curious about? What am I interested in? What are things I started really looking back at my childhood and just my personality and what people come to me for and what things I really enjoy. And it was just through that discovery, going down these little rabbit holes, giving myself some space to experiment and try things that I started discovering, oh, I have a ton of interests. I have tons of things I'm passionate about. I have so many things I want to try. I just never gave myself permission to do any of them. You know, so many of us really adopt the mindset of, well, that's silly or that's childish or that's not going anywhere or that's not worth it or that's going to be a waste of time. And so we just shut things off before we've Mm -hmm. even given ourselves a chance to try something for fun. Like, okay, who cares if it doesn't turn it into anything? What if it's just for pure enjoyment? And I think that's so far off so many of our radars is like, wait, what? Just do something for fun? And how's that allowed, right? What did that self-discovery look like for you? Did you work with a coach? Did you read a lot of books? Did you, what, a little bit of everything? Yeah. I wish I'd worked with a coach. I'm going to be honest. Um, And I don't say this just because I'm a coach now. And the reason I became a coach was because I started realizing, wow, once I started working with coaches, this was like three years into my journey, like how much they shortened the learning curve and how they asked Uh the right questions to probe for me, like what I needed to know. But like I said, I mean, I was sort of very lost in a fog for the first couple of years. I mean, I, I had my son, I went through some postpartum stuff. Um, that first year was, I was quitting this career. I was losing my identity. It was a very dark and difficult time for me. It wasn't like this, like, well, now let me go find my joy. And just like, la-di-da, you know, it wasn't in that kind of a, and that's why I started the podcast because I felt crazy for so long and I felt very lost and I felt very ashamed that I quote unquote, didn't hack it as a lawyer and that maybe I'm a Mm -hmm. failure and all these ridiculous thoughts. And my journey of self-discovery sort of happened through, like I said, I mean, I, I would say the, the thing that I'm most proud of myself for is that I did just still take steps, even though I was so filled with doubt and shame and dread. And I decided to start a business because I was like, I don't know what else I, I don't care. It's not like I'm passionate about it, but I have to do something. So like, let's just, I'll learn. This will be my education. Instead of going to get an MBA, I'll just start a business and see, I'll learn that way. And it was through that, that I started listening to podcasts. I was listening to podcasts on entrepreneurship, like thinking that I'm learning about marketing and entrepreneurship and sales and stuff. 
And it was through podcasts really that changed my life because I would listen to these entrepreneurial stories and I would hear all these people who decided to quit something and start something else. And it started making me feel validated. Like I'm not alone and this isn't crazy. And I started hearing all these people that would start doing things and become wildly successful and like have these amazing lifestyles and make all this money. And it really just started shifting the way I thought. And then I started really getting into personal development and I started reading all the books. And so it was a slow journey. It was, this was like over two, three years that I kept Mm -hmm. just being like, maybe it's possible. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's something else. Maybe I could do something else. And um, through that, I started really loving the medium of podcasting because I listened to it so much. And I'm somebody who's always loved talking. So I was like, (laughs) I could see myself doing that. I want to be the person that interviews other people. I love that they get to ask these questions. I wanted to know about everybody's story. And I started finding because I had quit, people would come to me and ask me or tell me that like they want to quit. And then when I would go to parties or whatever, I would always find people that like, I thought nobody had quit. And then everywhere I went, someone would be like, oh, I used to be a lawyer. Oh, I used to be an accountant. And I was like, wait, what? And what do you do now? And how'd you do it? And I wanted to know, I would get so excited. I'm like, why aren't you talking about that? And so that's sort of where the idea for the podcast even came about. And in hindsight, it always sounds like so linear and, you know, easy and wonderful. And it was like, oh, I just had this idea. And I got in touch with myself. And I think most people don't tell you that like it, it literally feels like dying most of the time. Like you feel mm-hmm. like part of you is dying and absolutely constantly in a spiral of like, what am I doing? Am I going to regret this? Have I wasted my life? Is this the worst decision I've ever made? Everyone's judging me. I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And so it was a lot of that, but also, yeah, but I don't want to go back to being miserable. I refuse to live like that. I have 40 more years of working. I'm going to figure it out. And so it was, you know, balancing the voices in my head and just putting one foot in front of the other. And it got easier. Once I found life coaching, once I found thought work, once I started doing mindset work and doing a lot of personal development, I really started seeing how to manage my mind and manage those anxieties. And that's really where, you know, the journey kind of like to the podcast and the business where I'm at now kind of started about three years ago. I think we talk so much about the mom shame spiral. Moms I I know men who go through this too. It's not a one either or kind of thing, but moms really do struggle Mm -hmm. with that inner voice of Mm -hmm. I should, I should, I should. Mm -hmm. I told everybody I was gonna, Mm -hmm. and now it's not happening. So what do I do? And I, I'm guessing you've kind of seen some patterns as you've started talking to people and working with people, particularly in moms. So what's the main pattern you see and how do you help or point them to someone who can help them break that pattern and go ahead and start making this shift? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that like moms are just put in a lose-lose situation. We think that it's our own voice in our head, but that voice is not yours. It was put there by society. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, Mm -hmm. is that like the demands that are put on mothers is impossible to live up to. And so, especially now, like what's amazing is obviously I'm a huge feminist. I'm not in any way saying that like feminism is, is the problem here, but while we've been working for strides in like, um, the career realm, it's not as though it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to shift from having all of the pressure as a mom to now working. It's like, oh, we're just going to mm-hmm. add it on. So now you're, right. um, you have to do everything at home and be perfect. And also you have to have the career and make, you know, multiple six figures and be able to like, you know, it's just, it's so insane. And so <laughs> a lot of what I work on with my clients, with other people, and I think for myself was really understanding that that voice of shame is always a liar, always always, always, always. There's Mm -hmm. never a reason that you need to feel that type of shame or guilt. Sure. You can do things better. You can change habits, but when there's this voice, that's like, you should, you should be doing this. Always question it. Why should I like, why does my house need to be clean all the time? You know, what is really important to me and not what everybody else or what people on Instagram or what I'm trying to, you know, keep up with these Mm -hmm. mom groups. Like that's not, that's a made up rule. It's just all these made up rules and we're all living by them. And then we're getting mad at ourselves that we're not perfect or, you know, hundred percent in every bucket. I think we're always looking outside of ourselves to change something in order to feel better. It's like, well, if I can manage this or if I can do that, but the Mm -hmm. thing is, is your brain, as soon as you do one thing, well, you're going to move on to the next thing. Right. So it's like, okay, you got your house clean. Then it's going to be like, but look at that person who has a side hustle. You should have a side hustle. Right. Or look at this Mm -hmm. person who's making organic food for their kid all the time. And you're giving your kid (laughs) crap. Like you should be doing that. Right. So that's why hustling for that will never 
quiet that voice because it'll just find the next thing. And so the work comes in just quieting that voice exactly where you're at with exactly what you're doing, you know? And so I really work with people on doing that before they make the change. Like you can absolutely have a side hustle or do whatever the thing that you decide you want to do, but make sure you're doing it. You want to do it for good reasons, not Mm -hmm. because you need to feel good enough or that you think you need to feel like a better mom or whatever. Like you get to feel as like a great mom doing exactly what it is that you're doing, which hopefully is the yeah. bare minimum because we need to really lower that <laughs> bar a little bit. Yes. Well, now speak, speaking of moms, so many of our listeners are stay-at-home moms, which mm-hmm. is a job that you may feel stuck in, but you can't technically mm-hmm. quit. I mean, you could, <laughs> I guess, go back to work and that would be, yeah. that's still not quitting stay-at-home. I mean, you're yeah. still a mom no matter yeah. what. Uh, just but feel kind of trapped. Yeah. You yeah. can feel a little trapped and it can be because of financially or just because of the job market. There may mm-hmm. be stay-at-home moms that that's not necessarily by choice or there may be some that it is by choice, but it still can feel a little constraining at times. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just really curious, how can stay-at-home moms, uh, one of our big things about the podcast is trying to get them to be strategic about their time at home mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that they are learning about themselves. They are learning new skills. You know, that while the kids at camp are napping, listen to that podcast that may inspire yeah. you or lead you in the right direction. So just really curious, some of the, the strategies or the lessons that you have for stay-at-home moms about how they can use this time at home to get some clarity about what they want to do next in their lives. Yeah. One of the things that I think is like the key skill for most of us in our lives is really understanding the compound effect and the fact that small steps over a long period of time will change your life. And this could be for stay-at-home moms or it could be for anybody, right? Like any mom, I I work with a lot of, let's say like working moms who also act like, well, I don't have any more time to explore or do anything. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that most of the time our brain is like, we really want instant gratification and we really want things to happen now. So the biggest killer of your dreams is you saying, oh, it's not happening fast enough or it's not worth it. Like who cares if it's an hour this week? That's not going to make a difference. But Mm -hmm. that's really what makes the difference in your life. Yeah. No, we all do it. It's not just you, Missy. It's every single one of us. That's why we all give up on the diet and we give up on the exercise and we give up because it's not, Mm -hmm. we don't see the results fast enough. And so what happens is like, we set a goal, we go hard for like a month and then we quit, right? Uh Instead uh of really being okay with tiny steps, right? And so what I really counsel people, what I've done in my life that's really changed my life was I would start saying like, okay, how can I find two hours a week? That's it. That's it. Let's say you do three hours a week. Let's just say over a year, okay, over 52 weeks, that's 156 hours or the equivalent of four 40-hour work weeks, right? Well, that's 160, 156, you know, around. Yeah, roughly. If you told someone you have a month of a work, you know, 40-hour work weeks as a sabbatical to work on whatever you want to work on, that's a long time. That's a lot of time to put into something. And so it doesn't have to be an eight-hour, you know, like every day you have to work four hours on it, but it can be like, one night when the kids go to bed from nine to like Tuesdays from nine to 10 at night is your time. And Saturdays from seven to 8 a.m., your spouse is going to take the kids and you have an hour. And then you find one more hour in the middle of the week, let's just say, right? Yeah. And that might be your time to do whatever it is that you want to do. I'm not saying that you have to build the business. Maybe that's just the time to explore. Maybe that's like you just do some art or you do Mm -hmm. some reading or you listen to a podcast, go on a walk, whatever it is. But if you can be consistent, you will see your life change and you will start getting really more acquainted. Like what I want people to start focusing on is like, don't focus on the next year, focus on 2025, 2030. Like that's going to come before you know it. And like you can be a completely different person in that time. And it doesn't have to happen right now. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of stay-at-home moms, the kids are going to get bigger and move on and, and you're going to have other things. So like, let's start laying the groundwork, the foundation now for that. It doesn't have to all happen in the next six months. Yeah. One of our big philosophies here is the idea of backfilling the busy, um, Mm -hmm. which is, it seems to be as your kids become more independent or doing things, Mm -hmm. we have a habit of filling up with kind of the junk time, junk food time Mm -hmm. of taking on things that we feel like we should be doing roles at the school roles at whatever that good Mm -hmm. moms should do Mm -hmm. whereas we you know if we do put up those three hours a week into thinking about what are some things that are really helping me get to the place Mm -hmm. that i want to be and instead of filling the time with all the shoulds filling it with what is really good for you i mean it's just i just think that that incremental 
kind of yeah. those atomic habits. Uh, yeah, they do. But, they add up. And I will say though, this is why, like, I mean, you, if you guys listen to my podcast, you're going to, I'm like a broken drum. I will <laughs> just talk about mindset every single day because that is the key to all of this. So yeah. what you just said too, the biggest problem, like you can do these compound effects, you can do all this stuff, but if your brain is telling you like, I should be on the PTA, I should be doing this. Or like, I can't ask my husband for help because he's working, whatever other BS statements we've been given, mm -hmm. you're not going to make that time or you're going to feel guilty if you're like resting during that time or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to work on that. You have to work on these lies that you've been sold and that you're now selling yourself on because a lot of this, you know, it's a journey I've been going on as a mom and a wife. Um, because I'm telling you, like I have a, now a multiple six figure business and I still have the thought of, well, my husband has a more of a real job. I don't even know yeah. why, but because it's like, I started my business and I'm at home and I have more flexibility. And so I mm -hmm. still get caught in like, I should be doing this. Like he doesn't get home till this time. And it's so insane to me for me to have to really rework, like, no, we're equal. And he is the most incredible parent. He really is um, equal hands-on and probably does way more than I actually do. But <laughs> I just realized oh, I need to change that within me. It is yeah. not my sole responsibility to handle every aspect of what happens with the kids. It's not my sole responsibility. And I should have done this even when I was, like, I don't mean to say because I'm making money now that gives me equal standing. Right. Even if I wasn't, it gave, you know, he's just as much 50-50 parent. It isn't like one person has to be on 24 hours a day and the other person, because they work, they can get off scot-free. And I feel like- right. In our society, you know, we joke about like how dads don't even know the teacher's that's name, yes. don't know the birthdays. It's like, that's not acceptable anymore, mm -mm. right? And so mm -mm. it's like, it's up to us to be able to change first our own minds so we can push against that patriarchy, so we can push against that misogyny, so we can push against and say like, no. Like, I'm going to show are... you my shirt. Smash the patriarchy. Yes, <laughs> smash the patriarchy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's easy to say that and we can see it like obviously the wage gap is patriarchal. There's all of that stuff. But when yeah. you've internalized the patriarchy, when we all, even though like I consider myself a staunch feminist and yet I have thoughts of like, well, yep. I should cook the dinner or something, right? Like that's because I've internalized these implicit messages that it's somehow my job, right? Yeah. And so it really requires like that revolution kind of starts in your own mind to kind of mm -hmm. really deprogram these thoughts of what is required of a stay-at-home mom and why we feel guilty asking our spouses to chip in or taking time for ourselves or, you know, really not having to be the star parent who is in every yeah. group and mom group and doing all these right. things. Like, why is it okay to say like, no, because I need to fill my own cup. And so my kids cannot do this extracurricular activity. So I don't have to drive to one more place. That's okay. <laughs> They'll be fine. Like yeah. I need this hour. Like that starts with your own thoughts. And it is so hard because as society, we assign our self-value to a paycheck Completely. or to, to whatever contribution Absolutely. we feel like we're making to society. Absolutely. And that is usually measured in the yeah. in terms of income. And I feel like there's a lot of external, like in my case, I can talk myself into all of these things. I am very similarly. I have a husband who's super helpful, has always mm. been really involved. It's very supportive of all of my crazy ideas mm -hmm. and gives me the time and space to work through that. But I hear externally from a lot of places in my life, I hear these things like, oh, poor Mark. I know. He's with the kids. Oh my gosh, he makes dinner. And then no matter how much work I've done to myself, I have to go through that work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, he makes dinner. He likes to cook yeah. and it's relaxing to him. I like to cook, but only when I am relaxing, if that yeah. makes sense. Like that's yeah. a Saturday afternoon. I want to make a new recipe thing for me. Whereas he loves at the end of the, mm -hmm. the day to chop. Yeah. Why should I have to explain this to somebody? Totally. Like he makes the dinner. Totally. He Make the well, that, dinner. <laughs> that's the thing is like, that's the problem is like from most people have accepted certain society's rules. And so you're going against that grain and you're going to hear mm -hmm. it. And then that's going to seep in. One of the things I found, and I still work on this. I mean, I'm telling you, I still struggle with this big time. I've gotten a lot better. And one of the things that I have found that really helped me is for all the ills that are on social media, follow people that are living the way that you want to be living. Uh -huh. And I remember I started following, I sort of fell upon her. She's a lawyer and she's a mom and she just like documents her life. And her husband is a stay at home husband and 
just the way I watched her like unapologetically talk about how she loves traveling for business. She loves getting away and being by herself, you know? And I kept thinking like, mm-hmm. are we allowed to say that? Like, is that okay to yeah. like tell people that you want to get away from your kids? And she, yeah. I remember once she had a post and it like stopped me in my tracks. And this was in the beginning. Cause she was saying how like she goes on these business trips and she was saying like, you know, I see a lot of these working moms talk about all of the things they do before they go on a trip, like the list they write out, like how they put all these things. And she's like, do you know what I do before I go on a trip? Nothing because he's their father and he can figure it out. And if he needs to like figure out what they need to eat or where they need to like, then he's a big boy and he can do it. And I remember thinking, oh my God, what? Like, that's amazing. And so I say this to say, we need those examples. So find Mm -hmm. people, because if you're only following the super moms on Instagram who are showing their organic food that they're making or whatever, it's constantly going to make you feel guilty, right? Mm -hmm. It's constantly going to make you feel like you're not measuring up. Follow people who are putting new ideas into your head. That's kind of like, like you know, of course, like I was just watching this TikTok, speaking of TikTok, and it was in response to a comment, I guess, I, I guess she is a stay-at-home mom and she talks about this a lot. And the commenter said, well, I make $150,000 a year. Yeah. I should come I home and make that. dinner. Yeah. Did you see that? And I she was like, that. well, you are allowed to make that because your wife, like, you know, a personal chef would cost this and a nanny would cost that. And a chauffeur would cost this and a house cleaner would cost mm-hmm. this. And, you know, like all of these things, if you want to start valuing what a stay-at-home mom does, And I'm just saying like those messages are what you need to be filling in your head. Like the reading those books, listening to those people, watching Mm -hmm. the stuff to realize like it is okay. You know, we need, unfortunately for a lot of us, we need permission from other people to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm allowed to think this. I'm allowed to stand up for myself. I'm allowed to say, hey, just because I'm a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean that it's my job 24-7. Like some, you need to also pitch in. So I do think it helps quiet the other voices that are in your community, your mom, your Mm -hmm. mother-in-law, the mom groups, whatever it is that are telling you, you should be the one cooking dinner. And it's like, no, I think there's a new way now. Well, everybody eats here. Everybody should contribute the same as like when the house is a mess. I used to feel so much pressure. I used to do Mm. this cute little thing where I'm like, make a list of what needed to be done. And I would be like, can we divide this up? And I realized we're all living here making this mess. So if if the house, if it's important to us and it is important to all of us mm-hmm. that the house is clean, well then everybody get off your butt and exactly. do it. Exactly. Yeah. And no guilt at all about getting help from other people, but it did take a long time for yeah. me to get past that. Yeah. And I think it's just step by step. That's the thing is like, you're not going to just like one day wake up and change the whole house and all of a sudden start right. like demanding things and not feel guilty. But it's just like, can I start with one thing? Right. Can mm-hmm. I, ask for help in one area? Can I start, you know, watching my brain go crazy and calming myself down and saying, it's okay that I didn't make dinner tonight, or it's okay that the house is a mess or I'm asking for help or whatever the thing is for you. One thing turns into another, it turns into another, just take those baby steps. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, now we're all very lucky because it sounds like we're married to some supportive, amazing yeah. husbands. <laughs> Sweet and so guys. <laughs> I understand that there are probably some listeners out there being like, oh, well, that's great, except for, you know, I'm, I'm not getting that support. So I do mm. think that part of getting that support is knowing that you deserve that support. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the first step with that. But in speaking about uh, supportive husbands, I just love the most uh, recent episode that you did, or not the most recent, but very recently, yeah. uh, episode with your husband talking about mm-hmm. his role in your life as a quitter. Mm-hmm. And I loved how he was like, remember that time when you almost wanted to quit quitting? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just love that. Um, yeah. But you both mentioned, and I was talking to Missy about this, the universe has been hitting me on the head with the idea idea of gratitude practice. Like mm. it has just come up. I've been listening to the Brene Brown Summer Sisters series and it came yeah. up there just randomly. I mean, it's just been coming in you know, different podcasts or different books I'm reading. And and then it was so funny because I was listening to your podcast. And you're like, yeah. oh, and the gratitude practice. I was like, geez, Louise, seriously, every day. Some, I get it. I get it, universe. Yeah. I need yeah. to do it. So I actually, oh, I didn't even bring it up here, but a couple of months ago, I was at the bookstore and I saw this gratitude journal or whatever. I was like, that'll do it. I'm going to get this gratitude journal. And it literally has sat on my desk for two months. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) it's time. That's why the universe is like, seriously, Suzanne, what else do we need? Use your journal. Yeah. So like for those of us who I know it's easy, I know I'm grateful for things. 
what does that gratitude practice actually look like? Like nuts oh and God. bolts. What does that look nuts like? And Listen, I'm going to tell you this. And I know like I'm not a big journaler myself. I don't stick to things. If you want one thing that will change your life, and I'm not saying that flippantly, it's a gratitude practice. And there's a reason why everybody talks about it. It's so simple. And that's why it's easy to think like, ah, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Or like I'd yeah. say it in my head and it's fine. But there's been like 25 years of studies of the fact that not only does it boost your mood oh. and boost your immune system. I mean, it's, it like lowers stress. It, I mean, it's, it's unreal. And the reality of it is, is that it's just about, again, it's like the easiest way to practice managing your mind because you know, what, what's the saying, like where your uh, focus goes, your energy flows. And the thing is, is that like, we all have these attention spotlights, like our brain has to filter out all of this other information. And it tells us what, like we focus on what's important to us and as humans have a negativity bias, right? Like that's, what's kept mm -hmm. us alive. And so right. we focus on the negative. And when you focus on the negative, you see more negative, it makes you feel worse. It causes all these, you know, all those other stuff. And when you just start shifting a little bit, to just a couple of things that you're grateful for. It's amazing how much you start seeing that everywhere you go. You start seeing how amazing life is, how many amazing things are going your way. And that just helps in, it doesn't mean that you're never sad or you don't have negative emotions or any, like all of a sudden life's perfect. It just helps you redirect a little bit. It allows you to not sit in the funk of like, everything is wrong. Everything is going bad. The mm -hmm. world is terrible, right? And like, which is like not a fun place to live in, you know? No. And so- the nuts and bolts of it, it's so simple. And I, and here's the thing that I will tell you again with like the compound effect, but like the, the biggest skill you can learn is to get out of all or nothing thinking where it's like, I have mm. to do it every night or if I'm not going to do it, I'm just going to stop or like, oh, I didn't do it three yeah. days this week. So forget it. Right. I want you to get into the thing of like any day I remember is worth me writing down three things I'm grateful oh. for. Right now you can mm, like figure that. out what day, how is going to be the easiest. You're going to have to play around with it. Maybe it's first thing in the morning when you're like, you put a notepad and paper by your coffee machine. And as you're making your coffee, you write down three things you're grateful for. Maybe it's the last thing before you go to bed. It's next to your nightstand. And you just make it a habit of like, literally just write three things down and do it, figure out where it is. And some days you're not going to do it. And that's fine. You know, like it's not that serious. It's a matter of like, when you remember just redirect your brain to be like, what were three things that went right today? What, what are three things mm -hmm. I'm happy about? And in the beginning, it's like, obviously you're going to do very big things like my children's health or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like my marriage is going to be like really my house. But after a while, like you run through those. And so you really have to start thinking about like, you know, I, my heart beat a hundred thousand times today and I didn't even notice, right. There was nothing that went wrong. Like just little innocuous things that you have to like kind of sort of look for. And you're like, oh my God, like everything goes right for me. This is amazing. And the more yeah. you see that, the more you start like noticing opportunities, you start seeing possibilities. You start, it's amazing. But like my husband was mentioning it on the podcast because it was one of the first forays for us into personal development. We both started doing this gratitude practice because I was going through like some postpartum stuff. I don't think it rose to the level of postpartum depression, but I was not- Baby blues. You know, I was sad. Yeah, baby blues. I was sad. And he was going through a funk in his work and it, it just completely shifted- so much for us, like mm -hmm. the most simple practice. And that's another thing is you can kind of keep each other accountable with your spouses. If you can get them to do it, it's amazing. It's like every night you can write it down together. You can tell each other what your three things are. You don't have to. And sometimes that might be like a bigger, you know, like just doing it by yourself yeah. is fine, but it's the simplest step. It's the number one thing. Like literally it's step one in my program where I'm like, you have to do it for 30 days. Like I need you to just see, because after 30 days you start realizing like, oh wow, this really does it's like my highlight of my day. It makes me feel so good. Like, why wouldn't I do something that just changes your hit of dopamine? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a good reminder. And I just want to do a call back to, gosh, I don't even know what episode number it was. Maybe it was early on, Nancy. But yeah, Nancy Davis Co., our friend oh, who cool. wrote the, whoop, the thank you project, cultivating mm -hmm. happiness with one letter of gratitude at a time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I there's the letter writing, but there's also literally just writing a little line down of yeah. gratitude. There's a lot of different ways that gratitude can show up in your life. And Absolutely. So I, I was telling I, Suzanne earlier, we just finished like a string of crazy days all around our summer league swim team that my kids swim year around. But in the summer, we do this like shortened season mm -hmm. of just it's summer league. It's fun, but it's busy. Yeah. And every Saturday morning we get up 
in the fours and we get to the pool early and we're checking kids in by six or sometimes earlier. And it's just, it's early. It gets hot really fast. It rained last week. So we were soaking wet and then it's steamy. And um, I was standing at the end of the pool and I was starting to do this. Like, I'm tired. I'm glad the season's Mm. almost over. Like, oh, and then I'm looking out and I just see all these, I mean, this you know, four and five-year-olds start summer league and it's really cute. And <laughs> seeing itty bitties all the way up to these big kids. My kids are big now and I'm, it's parents, hundreds of parents working together to make this happen. And I started just feeling that well of gratitude yeah. that we were able to have a season. And I stood there and I just listed off all the things in my mind, yeah. not out loud, like a crazy person, <laughs> but in my mind of what I was grateful for about summer league swim this summer it. and that particular morning. Like I was grateful that my shoes were still dry in the rain. I was grateful that mm. the meat was still happening, that the rain had moved on all of those kinds of things. And like, I was lighter for the rest really? of the day. I had a completely different take, even by noon when I was, it was hundred degrees outside or really not, I guess this past weekend, it was like 90, yeah. but it felt like a hundred and I was it gross and sweaty like and covered in sunscreen and bug spray. I still felt really grateful. Yes. I love that. I love Amazing. that so much. And I think that's like, I mean, that's again, like the whole point is that we tend to focus on like the one thing that's going wrong or the couple things. And I think a lot of us obviously experienced that in the last year through 2020 yeah. and like COVID and it, it's funny when things like ha- that happen, it starts showing you like all these things you took for granted or all these things that you're mm-hmm. grateful for. Even within that, even the hard time, like more people were grateful, even though it was really difficult and being at home and all these other emotions, it was like, wow, we have a time to slow down and we have a time to be together more. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like in every situation, there's going to be the good and bad. Every single situation, there's it's just 50-50. And so it depends on like where you want to look at. And again, mm-hmm. I, I say this to, as a caveat of like, this isn't to say that you always have to be positive, right? Like that's right. toxic positivity. And nobody's saying that like, right. always put on a smile and make sure you're mm-hmm. always happy. And like, no, mm-hmm. you're allowed to be stressed. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to feel all of the range of a human emotions. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of like, sometimes we wallow, we sit in these pity yep. parties, we like indulge in these negative emotions of worry and overwhelm and all this stuff. And it's like, that's also not helpful either. So I think a gratitude practice can help you really discern like, okay, yes. And like, yes, this, there's these things that suck about this. And it's also like, it's fine. You know, I can, I like this other part of it. Yeah. All of your feelings are valid. A therapist told me that years ago and it was eye opening and I still repeat it to myself probably every day. Yeah. Like all of your feelings, the good ones, the bad ones, everything in between. Totally. I use that on my kids now. I stole that from you and I use it on my kids now. Yeah. I tell my kids all the time. Also, I tell them in the context of it is valid to feel this way, but it is not valid to treat me like crap because you feel this way. Or to take it out on your brother because you feel this way. So that's Uh, another lesson that we're all struggling (laughs) to learn. But now we are getting close to time for the look, listen, learn segment. But I just want to make sure that we let everybody know where they can find you. I know there's already a wait list for your stuck to strategy Mm -hmm. uh, program, but I'm sure it's not the only one you're ever going to have. So we want to make sure that people are either getting on that wait list now or that they are following you so that they get a heads up for the next program that comes up. So where is the best place for people to find you online, offline, all the places? You can really find me anywhere at lessons from a quitter. So that could be on TikTok. It could be on Instagram. I mostly hang out on Instagram. You can come say hi to me. Um, and let me know you found me through the podcast, or you can go to my website, Lessons from a Quitter, and that will kind of show you where the Stuck to Strategy, which is my program, which is like a six-month program that will really help you go from feeling stuck and overwhelmed and not knowing what you want to do with your life to having more of a strategy and a plan of where it is you want to be taking it and, and creating a plan to get there. That's over at LessonsFromAQuitter.com, and you can go into the coaching and sign up for the wait list. I also on there have like under the resources. Uh, There's like five steps to finding your calling. If you're kind of figuring out if you feel lost and you don't know what it is you want to do, those are five Mm -hmm. exercises to start helping you get reacquainted with what you like and who you are. Um, So that's on the website as well. So yeah. And then you can, since you listen to podcasts, you can check out the podcast at Lessons from a Quitter as well. Highly recommend. Go follow it now. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, so our Look, Listen, Learn segment Mm -hmm. is an opportunity for listeners to learn a bit about you outside of your area of expertise and maybe get some great ideas about what they should be looking and listening and learning about this week. And you don't have to do all three. You can just do a look, a listen, or a learn. But yeah, it could be anything you've been reading, watching on TV, movies, podcasts, uh, music that you love, anything. Yeah, sure. Um, I will say, okay, so I guess look maybe at books, like my favorite, if you like this mindset stuff, I think one of the best books on mindset is called The Untethered Soul. And so I would really highly recommend reading that. Listening to, actually, this is going to be, I think, right up your listeners, Allie. There is a new podcast by Dr. Becky Kennedy. I believe her last name is Kennedy. It's called Good Inside. She's a psychologist and she focuses on parenting and it's a podcast about really like the struggles with children and, and how to deal with everything like tantrums and emotions and all this stuff. And she's fantastic. If you can follow her on, on Instagram too, she does a bunch of bite-sized videos, but her strategies are, I find them so helpful with my son with really just managing my own emotions as a parent. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would definitely give her podcast a listen as well. Oh, wonderful. All right. I just wrote it down. I mean, I know we have this all recorded, but I still don't want to forget today to go look for it. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Mine, my stuff is not quite as uh, educational, but (laughs) tell us about your uneducational things. (laughs) I know mine is more pop culture-y. So yes, I've been looking at we watched Black Widow twice, uh, took my daughter for her 16th birthday with a couple of friends to go see it in the theater. First time we've been in a movie theater in 16 months, whatever. Um, How'd that so feel? That, it was weird. Uh-huh. It was weird, but then not. Like, it was weird for a second. And then like, oh, yeah, the, it's just a movie. I mean, we do this all the time, right? And so it was, right. it was very weird and how normal that it became after a short mm-hmm. period of time. Um, but I'm not going to give you any spoilers about the movie since it is so brand new, but really, it's good really, though. really, really enjoyed it. It's very mm-hmm. girl power. <laughs> yeah, it was. Movie. And we are also rewatching The Sopranos, Oh, which we watched, I think up until about like season five, when it originally came out back when Netflix was like, you would get the DVDs. Do you remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Am I aging myself and talking about that's how we watched Entourage was like one DVD at a time. Yeah, (laughs) You get the DVDs in the mail. The kids were so confused when I was trying to explain to them what Netflix started out. They're like, why would you do that? We we don't have it. We don't even have a DVD player anymore. Um, But it was so bizarre because we watched it and I thought I knew we have watched the whole first season now. I don't remember a single thing. Really? Like, it's kind of scary that either my memory is that bad or we were kind of joking about like, oh, remember, this is when we lived in West Seattle and we would always have our Jack and Cokes it's before Zoe was born. I was like, oh, maybe it was the Jack and Cokes that were the problem. <laughs> she missed a few little things. So, yeah. So that's kind of fun. It's such a timeless show. It's shocking mm-hmm. that it is so old. We're so old. It's so old. God, because when was it? It was 20 years oh. ago. Yeah. But we watched that first episode. We're like, that could have just premiered this week and it still oh, would have been like just as good groundbreaking. Like it it was, yeah. it's just so well done. So yeah, I, I can't give you spoilers because I don't remember anything, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I sure by now 20 years, you've had 20 years to watch it. And I've been listening to Big Magic mm-hmm. by, tell me who that's by. Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> Elizabeth Hill Gilbert. Yeah. Thank you. Because um, one of our favorite podcasts, hashtag am writing for the summer. It's kind of fun. KJ and Jenny Nash are just dueling two books about writing. So they'll awesome. each kind of come with one and they'll say the reason that theirs is better than the other. <laughs> and then they end with a segment called the fight me, like, like where they try <laughs> to argue about why their, their book is the best writing book. And so one of them had brought big magic to the table. And I just, I'd heard about it in so many different areas. It's kind of like the gratitude practice. I was getting hit yep. on the head over about like, you should listen to this. You should listen to this. So that was really good. And then of course I just finished the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo big fan. That was really good. If anyone's looking for some summer reading and then my learning is still uh, TBD. We just started with a dog trainer this week for our two incredibly 
poorly behaved dogs. I was really inspired by, <laughs> for anybody who listened to, well, we had the Mecca Brown episode that was yeah. all about uh, kind of the career search and you know resumes, LinkedIn, all the good stuff. Um, but also we had a bonus episode. We had so much time we were talking about our dogs, <laughs> yeah. both before the official recording and after the official recording that we did it like a 10 minute mini-sode just uh, featuring- just about dogs. And if you don't follow us on YouTube, this would be a good one to follow on YouTube because throughout the recording, we overlaid pictures of all of our dogs. And then you actually mm -hmm. get to see the video of her dogs at the end of the show. So yes, we, I'm really excited. We, we, the whole podcast is preaching about how even pros can benefit from coaching, but I had not applied that to my dogs and mm -hmm. they need, they need some coaching and we need some coaching about how to oh, do it. We do too. I'm You'll have to tell me if you, if you have good luck. Talk, it's incremental progress. <laughs> That's going to be our there theme. You go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And also mindset changes. I'm yeah. sure. Like yes, just the way there. we relate to our animals. Mm -hmm. Yes, and habit changing. There's a yeah. There are a lot yeah. of uh, coaching principles going on in our little two doggies' brains this week, and they are like, what? <laughs> but they get a lot of food for it. So at least so they're maybe okay. If coaching involved more food, and maybe people would finally get off their booties and do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would like that if people coaches were also like, great, you did Good your job. journal, here's a cookie. Have a bite of a donut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Missy, what about you? What are your look, listen, learns? Um, okay, so I have a little bit of a story. Settle in. Um, <laughs> so I posted on Instagram, I'm throwing back to your look, listen, learn about the line sticky notes. I don't know if you can see oh, the yes. lights bad. I, I probably but, should. Whoop, um, I got it right there. Yeah. So Suzanne recommended keeping your to-do list on one of these line sticky notes, a bigger sticky, sticky note, and then just moving it in your journal. Or in my case, I move it. Maybe I stick it to my computer or put it on my desk or on top of my pile of papers. And so I'm calling back to that just because I found it really is a like a, a puts my mind at ease at night. So I will revisit my sticky note and just see where I am and know kind of what I had to do the next day. And I do that a couple hours before I go to bed, because if I do it too close to bedtime, then my brain is still working, but it has really helped me relax and go to sleep. Except this last week, I think I just had so many different things going on in so many different areas of my life. It wasn't like I just had work to focus on or volunteerism or anything. It was all these things. So the sticky note wasn't working. It was not putting my mind at ease. I would do my Did little routine. Two, two sticky hours. notes. <laughs> I needed one that just to put over my head that said, go to bed. And so I would lie down to go to sleep and I still could not go to sleep. So I'm like, I just need to watch something silly on TV, I think, because that really can get you out of your brain. So I told you that story to tell you that my look this week is the original Gossip Girl. Did y'all watch Gossip Girl when it was uh, on TV? No. Did you? So I bad. watched like I had seen bits and pieces of it when it was on the television, but I never like fully watched it. So HBO has the whole thing because there's a new Gossip Girl, apparently. Oh. And so they're rerunning all the or releasing all the old ones. So you can kind of get prepped to watch the new class of Gossip Girl. Oh. So I highly recommend it. It is very fluffy. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, you're watching and you're like, oh, if my high schooler was doing this, I would be very, very upset. Um, but Maybe it's fun. It's in it. New York. So you see all this, you know, New York is part of the story and, you know, fashion. And it's just so much fun to watch. So that is my look for the week. There you go. And I've learned nothing this week. other than <laughs> You have learned nothing? Oh, you know, I'm sure I've I, learned a lot. I told Suzanne I'm a really slow processor. And I think I learned a lot because I managed so many moving parts this last week to get ready for like a banquet for one swim team and then tryouts for another swim team. And I have all these board positions. And then meanwhile, some of my other volunteer stuff was happening at the same time. So I definitely know that I've learned something about how to operate that and what I'm capable of, but I haven't processed it all out yet. I, I'm going to be your external validation, which you shouldn't mm -hmm. require, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. That Yeah, <laughs> you did a lot. You did a lot, girl. Yeah, it was a busy string of days. Yes. And oh, I, I wanted to throw out a gratitude. I don't know if she's listening, but our friend Amanda, who if yes. anybody uh, listened to or watched the Tipsy Ellipses episode a couple of weeks ago. God, was that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, we, we did it from her house. She was kind yeah. enough. We went to her house for a birthday party. It happened to be the night that Tipsy Ellipses was. And so she let us sit up in one of her beautiful rooms. And as a thank you for her birthday present, she sent 
this amazing tea package today with this cup with this i told her how i had been using one of those the clippy tea things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that all my chamomile buds were like poking out and floating everywhere <laughs> and so it's this little thing and it goes in here and then whoops i'm dripping tea and then it has like a little cover on it oh, and it's just so, so beautiful pretty. with these little flowers and it's i know i usually have my mom and podcast mm -hmm. uh, mug but i have a cup with my husband's name on it today doing great with my brand <laughs> yeah it's just so thoughtful and like she is i wrote this on instagram today but she's just the most exquisite like thank you er which yeah. first of all who thanks people for getting a i mean you do a thank you but not thank you with a gift like that right she I, said thank you gifts with her thank you notes <laughs> yes but i was telling missy i'm going to just start like an infinite loop of thank yous like i'm going to send her back a gift <laughs> for her thank you gift yeah. and see how far we can take this but yeah. it's not just that is that she weaves a little bit of her personality into it but very yep. much like i could tell she had listened i don't drink coffee I can't drink caffeinated tea. And the fact that, you know, I'd been using this, you know, Clippy's tea thing that was making a mess or whatever. And so it was just like, you know, it's just conversation we were having. But the fact that she took that in and she used that to inform the gift that she was going to give. And it's still just very much, uh, I mean, everything about the care package just screamed Amanda. And it was just, yep. it was so thoughtful and just mm -hmm. you know, thinking about, you know, gratitude and the way that we give thanks to people. It was yeah. just, it was just masterclass on thank yep. you. I'm just throwing it out there to be thinking about, you know, as we're doing gift giving, as you, if you want to do something for someone, just make sure you're listening and really thinking about like, what, what are some things that would be special to them that really mean something and that show that, that you paid attention and that, attention. you know, and that, yeah, you were, you're doing the work of listening, active listening and thinking about them. Um, so yes, mm -hmm. well done, Amanda. <laughs> just so amazing. <laughs> and, and I'm just having the most delicious cup of chamomile that I've had in ages. Thanks to her. So yes. Okay. End it on that high note of loveliness. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I definitely, we say this all the time to so many of our amazing guests, but I feel like we could do another hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. So we'll probably invite you back for, I have made a list of like questions that I wanted to Oh, and to teach us how into. to use TikTok at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to teach us how to use TikTok. <laughs> right. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Is, Enjoy oh, the I'm rest of your day. I'm listening to this on repeat. I'm really <laughs> excited and enjoying your podcast so much. So thank, thank you for putting you so that much. out into the universe because you're helping so many people with that podcast and knowing that there is life after whatever the thing is that they think mm -hmm. they have all these sunk costs and can't get away from. So yeah. yep. that is a gift you're giving to so many people. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. All right. Bye. Have a wonderful have a day. Great one. It's nice to meet you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.